to Under Sea Lab, a podcast about the 1972 Hanna-Barbera cartoon Sea Lab 2020. Here, I'll be joined by a guest to discuss each episode as well as some of the technological hopes they had for us in 2020, way back when. So, a little background info. Uh, sea Lab 2020 was first aired on NBC on September 9th, 1972, and it only ran for 13 episodes up to December 2nd, 1972. Created by Alex Toth, who most notably created cartoons such as Space Ghost and Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. All three of those shows were later parodied on Adult Swim in the late 90s and early 2000s, with Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Harvey Birdman, and Sea Lab 2021. The cartoon itself follows the adventures of Captain Murphy and his crew of the Sea Lab, an underwater research facility, as a part of a larger project known as Challenger Seamount. So, now I guess I should introduce my guest, Tim. Hey, so, uh, I guess you can call me Jamie. Okay. Uh, hi. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Learning as we go. It is, it is going to be a learning experience where we'll stop in the middle of nearly suffocating to talk about how women's lungs have a smaller capacity or reduced oxygen use. Well, that's because of their metabolism, don't you know? Since we're covering one episode at a time, the obvious thing to do here is start right at the beginning. So episode one, Deep Threat. So the the major plot of this episode, there's a couple different arcs going on, but the the main one that kind of carried everything through is that it starts with uh, an earthquake and it knocks some... I don't know, barrels of unknown contents loose. And then right at the end, they kind of fall and start leaking the evil green uh, cartoony sludge into the water. And so all the, uh, I don't know, all the the whole Challenger Seamount or the, the Sea Lab crew are on alert because of the earthquake. Nothing really plot relevant happens, but we get to be introduced to all the characters. So yeah, it was, you know, kind of a, a slow start. And then uh, two little kids decide to go out swimming and they they just harass some sea turtles, right? That sounds about right. Yeah, because the 70s was all about harassing sea life, you know, with Jaws, because, you know, they, they nearly said nothing wrong. Experience. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, really, if Jaws teaches us anything, it's that the real monster are robotic sharks. Yeah, I think... <laughs> that robotic shark especially the one at universal probably took a couple lives yeah or i don't know maybe at least a couple clean pairs of underwear because i don't know when it pops out at you right at the end from the side that was terrifying to six-year-old me so good ride you know but also uh safer to be under the sea because the kids just kind of wander out and then i don't know they they harass those sea turtles uh right around they get lost and on the way to being found they find those radioactive barrels and kind of swing headlong into it and then leave again, you know, probably covering themselves head to toe in radioactive particulate. So, I mean, it probably even superpowers later on. Who knows? I, I would love to see superpowers because I think that right now all they have are uh, the, the, the superpower of super knowledge bombs. You know, they're what, they're dry. What were some of your favorite knowledge bombs? Oh man, um, I I mean, the the one that stuck with me again, going back to the oxygen use, and it's like, oh yeah, why do I have more oxygen than you, Billy? Uh, because you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, 
So, I, you know, I, I think that that was a little bit interesting that they would it, like it wasn't it wasn't sexist. It was just a weird thing for them to talk about, you know, uh, the difference between boys and girls while they were lost and running out of air. I mean, that's not really the best use of that air that they could have had. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they used her air tank to chase off. What was it? A shark? Uh, it was a barracuda. Barracuda, the Barracuda, yes, yes. And so they flashed it with bubbles until she essentially ran out of air. But it was because she had more. Like, they also dropped other knowledge bombs, like the the whole Ben's fact, which, yeah, that, that was actually plot relevant. In, instead, it, instead, it was just kind of um, justification for, I don't know, using her air. I, what were some of those that I missed? Because ah, it's been a couple days ah. since I've seen it. So... I also liked the kelp yeah. farm as like, you know, in the, the neatly ordered rows as if like it would be uh, trimmed or hedged as opposed to like modern underwater farming techniques that just kind of have gigantic piles of stuff, piles of fish, piles of kelp, piles of mussels that are, I don't know, kind of held in place. by Yeah, nets and they and rope. apparently used kelp for pretty much all their food. Because she lifts it off like ice cream, burgers, I mean, salads, obviously. Well, yeah, uh, although, you know, I think that back in the 70s, they did use uh, like mm -hmm. an extract of kelp okay. and it was a thickener. So they used it as a thickener for ice cream and stuff. So it was a way to, uh, you know, make turn milk into a milkshake without okay. having to use malt. So it's, it's, it's not like they were subsisting on a kelp based diet because... I don't I don't think anyone does that. I mean, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's not that bad. Right. And I mean, you know, I have some some kelp uh, in my cabinet that I'm going to use to make a soup ah. base anymore. What is it? Dashi? Uh, don't ask me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that's on my to do list. And once it's dried, it apparently keeps for like hmm. years. So I don't know. I'll I'll try it sometime in 2020. Well, this is no better time. So, I couldn't help all of the facial animations. So, like, the sinking, um, eye positions, just all of that was just yeah. a product of its time, I guess. It, yeah, it's done, I don't know, super, super mm -hmm. budgety, um, you know, where they would draw, like, a single frame of a face, and then they would held that on, on screen and only redo the eyes and the mouth, so that way you wouldn't have yeah. to redo everything. Just a whole bunch of... And, and this, this was uh, kind of a, a style that Hanna-Barbera... Yeah. Uh, yeah, they developed because everyone else who was more expensive was going out of business. You know, Disney and Warner Brothers, their Looney Tunes animations and their Mickey shorts, they would redraw major parts of the, uh, of the character. But... Hanna Barbera was like, you know what? If you could put a person swimming, or you could drag a frame in front of a background, that would, you know, you'd only have to spend the photography costs. You wouldn't have to yeah. redraw it. You wouldn't have to pay your animators. I mean, that's about as as efficient as you can get. But still, yeah. it just leads to some. I wouldn't quite say uncanny, but definitely unsettling. Well, yes, especially because if there you know if there's a really ugly liney face that's has weird proportions it's going to be on screen for 15 minutes and it's not going to move so that way you're going to be able to just stare at it and go that is that's a weird looking guy <laughs> so 
Um, there were a couple things that I wanted to point out as well of this episode. One of those things is the fact that they felt like we would stop dumping waste into the oceans by now. This aired in 1972. <laughs> this is 2020. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the people who worked on the show are still alive. And so it's like, uh, you know, society changes one funeral at a time. There hasn't been enough funerals to stop mm -hmm. dumping in the sea. Which, I mean, it led to an entire plot line for a whole episode. So, I mean, obviously yeah. they were just... Dumping barrels of nuclear waste in the middle of the in ocean. In which they even said that um, there was just a little line, like a background line. It was like, oh, I thought we would have stopped that back in 1975. So they were giving themselves three years to get better. I mean, it obviously <laughs> worked because there is no trash in the ocean. I mean, if that's what they say. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was super optimistic. Um, but I also really liked how every time that someone pushed a button or like turned a comm channel, it was like a one of those super heavy switches that just gives a really satisfying thunk. Like not only would they be working underwater, but everything would have those big heavy fifty amp clicks. You know, just... I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. No, no. And I'm definitely looking forward to yeah. more of those clicks and switches. Yeah, I I almost like I almost tried to track down a like an old 50s style mm -hmm. uh, light switch. So that way I could play with it on the mic. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Short notice because those things are fun and they're satisfying and they wake up the oh, yeah. entire house when you turn on the lights. I mean, you could also probably just get I mean, it'll be on the, a little bit on the more expensive side, but like a big heavy tube amp. I thought their their mini sub design was interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks like a life raft, really, with a, or, you know, one of those big, heavy Delta pontoon yeah. boats. And then the the bigger subs that they had, those fit, what, four or five people, something like that. And yeah. For, for that yeah, size, did, too. Didn't they? Yeah, they kind of looked like a Star, mm -hmm. Star Trek shuttlecraft. Yeah, I was thinking more they? like uh, the James Cameron sub, which. Oh, who knows? Maybe there's a live action 2020 movie in the making. Hop on it. <laughs> there you go. Pay me, James Bring Cameron. Bring it back. Yeah. I want that Avatar money. Although, so C Lab 2021, mm -hmm. the parody came out in like what? Early yeah, it 2000s? Was 1999. So there was 2000. a 30 year yeah. span. Yeah. So there was an almost a, a 30 mm -hmm. year span. So between that and the remake so i guess maybe in the next Who decade knows? maybe uh, yeah. oh yeah looking forward to it yeah how about those two <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah. segue <laughs> no the soundtrack is amazing it's very much a period piece i would say i don't know very many bands that have that sound anymore uh there's definitely a couple but yeah. they're not as common so it was it was definitely a product of its time. Yes, yes. And I was I was so um again to go back to the parody. The the parody leaves such a bigger mark that whenever it's just like harp music or the funk soundtrack, it's like, why isn't it the C Lab twenty twenty yeah. background music? Why aren't they playing those cues? All right. So Jamie, would you like a guest plug? Yeah, sure. Um so I am also on a small other fan cast, but instead of a fan cast about an obscure 1970s era uh, cartoon, I am a 
doing a fan cast about a uh, small modern podcast called Dungeons and Daddies, but that's not my podcast. I'm just fanning about it. It's called Talking Sons. If you like Dungeons and Daddies, uh, <laughs> and listen to this. So really reaching that audience segment there. So yeah, come listen to more of me on Talking yeah, Sons. Go and do that if you're not already. This has been Under Sea Lab. Our theme song and outro is the Sea Lab 2021 theme, written and performed by Calamon. Our cover art is created by Kat Kerwin. Our guest this episode is Jamie from the Talking Science. 